0: go here. We are connected. Here comes some music, and we'll get this little thing started here. A little more volume on Mr. Alvin Lee.
1: Tax the rich,
2: feed the poor, tell their
0: We go. will see if we can't get that volume down and get started here. The Thursday edition, I think it's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. Boy, you lose track of the days. um The uh, Radio Ranch is on your receiver device, and it's Roger Sales as your host, moderator, uh, whatever else I do around here. And we're on the Eurofolk Radio Network and Global Voice Radio streaming simultaneously called a simulcast. So uh, it's the 17th today and i think i did mention it is i verified it here on my microsoft windows operating system it is thursday i don't think even microsoft can screw up the day of the week but boy they can screw up everything else um so I guess we were having a little conversation before we got on the air, and uh, I did get a surprise call last night at about 6.30 in the evening from Brindy Wells. And it's interesting. My setup here is kind of screwed up, and Skype rings on the big computer first, and then I usually work everything through the portable here, show and everything, and uh, my microphone headsets are all hooked up to that. And so then it's generally in an idle. Who's got that clicking going on? it's uh there's a um, uh, my portable portables usually closed so when that's ringing I gotta open up the portable and get it back to life and do my magnification where I can get skype and get it answered And by that time because it doesn't ring through the cell phone simultaneously for whatever reason and uh technology technology so uh usually and it's happened a couple of times by the time I get the laptop open and get it where I can answer the phone, they hang up. And so I looked. I, I couldn't even really hardly see who it was. I said, "Well, whoever that is, I'll call him back." And so it's Brendy Wells, and she goes, "Roger, hi." And she said, uh, uh, "Listen, we we got a slot. I have to work here and where I can. We got a slot tonight. Would you like to come on with John?" Well, of course, you know you know what the answer is going to be. And so I said, "Sure." And uh, then we hung up. You know, and then a minute later or two, she calls back. And she goes, listen, it's not going to be the full hour and a half. It's just going to be an hour because John has Roger Stone on before you for 30 minutes. And I said, oh, please, Brandy, get my information to Roger Stone. And she says, John and Roger are very good friends. And then she says, President Trump will be listening tonight. And I go, gulp. And so I don't I don't know whether he was or not, you know, but, uh, boy, that'll get your attention, okay? And so I uh, waited around. We did the show. I knew Roger was on. I didn't listen to his segment. And uh, so that's why I started out, out the show with the election thing. Uh, and we didn't have time. Of course, we didn't finish the whole presentation the first time around. Enough of it where he got the gist of it. And being that we only had a short amount of time, and that took up the whole first segment, and then we just touched on a couple other things, and uh, I thought it was a real good show. I thought we covered some very key points and very important ground in the short amount of time we had. Uh, My information continues to dazzle John B., uh, is the impression I get in talking to him. And startling, you know. As you guys know, when you first get presented with this, it's startling information to you, okay? Because it's so much of the illusions gone, and you got to face this realities. And uh, so anyway, I've got a nice relationship with them. Uh, I'm gonna call Brandy today and uh, get their shipping address and send them a free iTerra wand and see uh, how they like that. I noticed they had a lot of health-oriented spots and uh that i've heard during the show and uh obviously john had that accident a while back and this that and the other there are no spring chickens either and uh so i was going to do that later today but uh good feeling about last night i don't know how many people knew we reached and it's difficult as you guys know to pick this information up in midstream and understand what people are telling you because you don't have the background you know and you don't understand how the thing works and the moving parts and how to adjust things and put them in the right place in the right perspective but anyway uh all in all under the uh extenuating circumstances a short notice and a short amount of time i thought it did real good i didn't have any way to reach out and tell all you guys but a number of you found out i did contact merca and merca put it on her telegram group i guess a number of you saw that i know i got an email from ella and uh, Who was that, Mike, that was saying that you, you you got it this morning, Mike or Adam, one of you guys. So, anyway, anybody got any comments or uh, questions on that? I think it was a great yeah, show. I
3: got
4: a I, got a, I got a, a DM from Jeffrey.
0: Our oh, right, right. Yeah, I, did, I called Jeff and uh, so uh, one or two other folks. So, um, anyway, it's pretty you good. You I got know. an
5: email from Paul.
0: You got an email from Paul. Good. And he
5: played it. He played it here in the Jitsi.
4: I let Eli know, too, by phone.
0: Oh, good. Okay. So, well, anyway, quite productive, possibly. We'll see. I don't know if Roger Stone was listening. I don't know if President Trump was listening, but obviously john b's got a pretty good audience so uh we'll see what effect and what damage uh we could do i know i got to get the juice stuff in there at the last and 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 the the comparison of maternal and paternal and i i was i mean i was kind of surprised at his answer he said they're not and he started talking about they they talk about the kazars and stuff around there uh, uh and so maybe that helped clarify that i'm sure that put a I'm sure that put a bug in somebody's bonnet, you know, that they have to face reality. Some of these dispensationalists and these rapture rapture folks. So anyway, we'll see. You know, another uh, what? What did Pink Floyd say? Another brick in the wall, right?
5: Well, I liked what Roger Stone and uh, and John B Wells how they ended. You know, that he's born again Christian, and you know they both uh, swore their allegiance to Jesus Christ. Is that That's right? Troubling.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I got some clown. I got this clown that sends me emails, and he, John B. Wells is a Jew. John B. Wells is a Jew, and all this other crap from this guy. So uh, I just disregard all that. There's some good Jews out there, folks. In case you don't know it, it's just this small bunch here uh, that's causing the problems. And they've, you know, it goes back to. What I was thinking about it the uh, last night. The parashim. What we're talking about here is the parashim. Does that ring a bell with anybody? I know with some of you it will because we've talked about it on here. <coughs> I had never heard of the Parashim before, and until Allison, well, uh, 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 Allison Weir, informed me. If you're new and you don't know about this, you can go back to February 13th in the archives of this year, and I took that talk that Allison Weir gave, where this is covered, and put it up on the web. So it's February the 12th is. Uh, David Duke's History of Jewish Slavery, which everybody should listen to and shows you how long these creeps have been doing this and why they think they're so, quote-unquote, untitled. And uh, the following day on the 13th on Sunday is that Allison Weir talk. Allison Weir, I've never heard that before, and I don't know that I've ever heard anybody covered anywhere else, honestly uh you, there's a you know a bunch of well read very researched good people here. any of you ever seen anything else besides allison Weir's mention of the parahimme no okay i
5: ha- i have but i don't remember where and I did look into it some and I'm looking at it again now because you don't hear it often that's for
0: sure well, the paracheme for the audience is some of this information she brought out. Allison Weir does fantastic, deep, deep research, okay. And she re, she goes back and gets everything before she talks about it in this parashim thing. She saw it referenced in an article, and then she went back and started digging through a bunch of research stuff. I don't remember all the resources, and uh, comes up with the whole story on the parashim and the Parashim started infiltrating the government after Louis Brandeis, the first Jew to ever be appointed to the Supreme Court, started having meetings of the Parashim in his office in the Supreme Court building, which is absolutely 100% totally illegal. Obviously. Big surprise. Well, oh, it's a right?
5: Sanhedrin.
0: Of course it is. Course. And so hmm. Parashim literally means separate. Now it's interesting because that's also evidently the translation of Pharisees, or yeah, of of uh, uh <laughs> Pharisees. Okay, that that gets stuck in our memory. I know Brent's using it all the time now. Uh, that's a new word, by the way, we coined for these bastards because they're really the Pharisees, but they're modern day Pharisees, and they've got all this technology, and they're parasites. So my friend in Argentina gave us this. Uh, they're called Pharisees, and that separates them from everybody else. And now you can label them, okay? But anyway, that's what the Parashim was, and they took a blood oath to that the Parashim were more important than God, family, and country. And that's what you see today, okay? It's just an extension and a growth of this group called the Parashim. Fer, fer, Parashim, I can't even say it now. Uh, but if you want to find out the background on that, go listen to that Allison Weir uh, talk. is February 13th again is the date stamp. And uh, find out for yourselves what she says. I don't remember everything, but it was startling to me. I'd never heard – and I've done a bunch of research in this area over 30 years Okay, and I'd never heard it before, and I virtually've never heard it since. All right, but that's who we're dealing with, and that's what they got. This little secret group with a blood oath that this uh, take over the world and kill the goyim is their head goal among anything else in their lives, and you see it playing out all these years later, hundred years later or so. Okay. But anyway, so uh, so much for that. If you haven't studied that, and you want to go back. That Allison Weird Tape, she talks about other st- a bunch of other stuff I'd never heard in there too. Uh, rabbi, what was his name? Merkorf, I think. Uh, oh. the the one that what that Richard Nixon called his rabbi. Okay. Oh. And he's he's the one that they were trying to get back in world war 2 they were trying to get bombed to bomb london and i forget exactly what they were going to bomb in london the foreign office or something but they got a group in paris and they because none of them could fly they recruited an american pilot and he was a patriotic guy and he went along with them and then reported it okay and they and they said well you know london's got a lot of fog what if we can't see the target? It was in the days before all this fancy technology and Korf told him that Rabbi Corf is the one running this operation. And he goes, don't worry, drop them anywhere. We hate the English too. Okay. And later on he, Richard Nixon saying he's my rabbi. So, uh, anyway, that's a lot, some of the information on there that's startling. There's some other good information. that's worth your time listening to if you're,
5: yeah, it's spelled both, uh, P E R. US US U-S-H-I-M. And I put a link from Allison Weir's article from, uh, oh man, I'm not sure when she wrote it, but it's from a 75 September 75 to 76 American Jewish Historical Quarterly. Yeah. A secret episode in American Zionist history.
0: Right. And I think the title of her talk was How the US Helped Form Israel, something like that. Or how how the U.S. helped found Israel. Some anyway, it's worth listening to. It's important background right before the show. After yesterday's conversation, uh, this morning I dialed up Major Jordan's diaries. I was listening to that a little bit right as we uh, came on. Very interesting. It was uh, this G. Edward Griffin here uh, that was doing it back when he was a younger fella, and uh, it actually has the 1963 or whatever it is talk from major jordan and going over all this so i'll listen to that later i've never heard it before i've heard about it but i've never heard it so anyway that's a little of what i've got to say this morning everybody doing all right okay i'm gonna take that as a yes anybody got any excite- questions or excite- comments? go ahead Mark. roger yeah. just
6: excited and we need to see what the results are
0: well we'll see you know it's uh We'll get, we'll probably get some results on that quicker than they'll get results of the election out of Arizona. <laughs> <I> right. <hope. laughs> so, uh, anyway, it was good. I felt good about it last night. And the thing about it for me is, you know, when you get on the air, you, there's a, especially that show, uh, you got some tension, you know, your blood's pumping a little bit and you're wide awake. And then hell, it gets over at midnight and then I can't go to sleep till, three or four in the morning you know Mm -hmm. and uh so i went through that last night too and uh but i'm happy to have some sort of relationship established with them and uh i I know when i I was telling brendy i said look brendy i got the key to this whole thing and she goes i know i know so obviously they're pretty well on board with what we're doing here and the information and we'll see where it goes you know it's just a day at a time anymore right yes jeff
7: I thought Billy Graham was R- Richard Nixon's rabbi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you may be right. <laughs> ah, too good, Jeff. Um, so, anybody else got any comments or stuff? I mean, uh, I put I put for all the folks in the Georgia area, I guess, because of Bob's call yesterday. And I got a I got an email from him, and I got an email from uh, Ron. And I hooked up this morning, all you guys together, uh, several of you. Mike, I included you in there, and Adam, and Daryl, and Jimmy, and and uh, the Alabama contingent over there. And Ron's suggestion, which I thought was quite valid, was that you meet on the west side of Atlanta in case you guys wanted to drive over and participate in that. Uh, that uh, be a little bit of a shorter trip for you somewhere around Carrollton. Uh, so anyway, we'll see you guys can handle that on your own. That's fine. My sister lives in West Atlanta. Okay. Okay. So, uh, anyway, that email should be in your email box when you get home and hopefully you guys can get together. It's wonderful to see. And I know it's one, when you, when you understand this and you're out there on an oasis somewhere and man, you can find somebody else to talk to in person about this. It's fabulous. And so I like that idea of y'all getting to know each other and, uh, you know, getting that kind of communication going betwixt and between you. So that's one thing. Let's see. What else did I want to mention? Um, I, I Nothing on the tip of my tongue. The, the Wells appearance last night kind of takes has taken forefront. So anybody else got any comments or questions?
8: Was that on the uh, the February 12th and 13th? These are both on the uh, Eurofolk Jitsi? No, no,
0: no, no. They're, They're on in the Cast Cast box. box. They're in the archives. Oh,
5: I'll post them. I've posted them before. I'll post them in the uh, Jitsi chat.
0: I mean, yeah. look, when, I, when that video, when I taped the David Duke audio, I pulled the audio off of it. It was on YouTube, <laughs> if you can believe it. Uh, that's how antiquated... Uh, everything was, you used to get Major Jordan's diaries and everything else on YouTube. You can't access them anymore. Uh, but I pulled that audio tape because I knew that thing wasn't going to last. All right. And, uh, kept it around. I'd play it on the show occasionally. And then, uh, when it came up earlier this year, I said, hell, I'm going to put these over on cast box. And it was the reason I did it, uh, strategically on the 12th and the 13th. Cause it was the weekend before, thank, uh, before a Valentine's day and I can always remember the dates. So that's where those two are and they're worth listening to both of them. Okay.
5: okay. Uh, you're right about Nixon's rabbi. It's Korf, uh, Baruch Korf, K-O-R-F-F. Yeah, I posted a link for the search. Just another
0: here. one of these imposter shill pieces of garbage, you know. My God, I you know, it's just uh, the uh, the world's always going to have problems, but it could certainly be a much nicer place without these bastards in it with their well, crap.
5: That's that's you know, it's these duplicitous Jews, okay? The ones that pretend to be helpful on one side and at the same time they're stabbing you in the back.
0: <laughs> that's them. That's them, uh, and they've uh, they've certainly earned all of the labels that have been put on them through history that they always so vehemently deny, but, you know, it goes back to the protocols. Uh, anytime you get caught, deny, 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 that's right in there, and you see it happening all the time, and that's the beauty of what we do. You see, they can't deny this. All they can do is put crap out like these state, Secretary of State letters on the third, you know. First, there's the passport, but it appears by what you've sent, you're a citizen of the United States. Blah 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 on that crap, and then we start getting uh, the stuff from. Uh, let's see, we got the passport, and then we get uh, stuff from the IRS with "We're going to hit you with a five thousand dollar frivolous filing penalty for declaring your damn status." And then you got now this State Department thing. Well, they're concerned about this. And as I said, it it should be the protocols of the learned elders of Zion State Department edition because they can't deny. And so they come back and attempt to obfuscate. So instead of deny, 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 it's attempt to obfuscate, attempt to obfuscate, attempt to obfuscate. And uh, they're caught red-handed here. They got no wiggle room, folks. And that's the beauty of what we do here. All right. And I think that's also reciprocally the damn amount of uh, of concern they've got about it. They got no rebuttal. They can't run. They can't hide. All they can do is stand there mute except for doing this little crap they're doing. And now they're guilty because silence deems consent. And all the facts are right there. When you understand it, it's right in front of you, for God's sakes. Uh, you know, like going over the... I I think that you can go over the 13th and the 14th Amendment now that we know the end game and the clincher questions, are you a citizen of the United States, or are you a resident? That's what locks you into their little scheme scam here. And there it is right in the 14th Amendment. If you meet the first two legal tests, you're a citizen of the United States and a resident. Oh, are you a citizen of the United States or are you a resident 100 years later? You telling me those ended up there like that by accident? Come on.
8: Okay. So, well, Roger, to that, to that end, you know, we have this letter and, you know, it, it seems like their argument is predicated on this outline possessions of the United it States. It is. It and, is. Yep. So, uh, I have a letter that I've, I guess I repurposed. I sent it in, you know, I, I some legal issues going on right now, but, uh, I repurposed it to, uh, to respond to this. And rather than, you know, use the scalpel approach, I used a like a fire hose of scalpels. <laughs> and uh, you know, because I, I basically I outlined outlined uh, a a a, a uh, the, the whole the whole scam in completion because I had to send it in because I needed other people to know and understand my understanding of this political status change and it's kind of long. I can read it out loud if you like. You know, it 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 would be a decent summary for anyone who's not familiar with this. And is looking for information because it really lays everything out. Uh, the only part I didn't add was the Wong Kim Ark
0: part. Yep, if, and, if, and if you know we don't. You, you could, you might want to think. And it's funny, I thought of that the other day with Wong Kim Ark. Um, there, and you know Abram, that there's a, a wonderful. It just spells everything out right right there in the dissent of Wong Kim Ark, and the beautiful part about that is the two justices that were in the dissent was the Chief Justice Fuller and the great Justice John Harlan, the great dissenter. He joined in on that dissent. And it lays it out. If the, if the rules, and it, 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 it's referring to the Civil Rights Act of 1866 that became the 14th Amendment and it said if the rule holds true, this brought the feudal system onto our country for the first time. The re, It is the, the relationship between a liege man and a liege lord. It is into, it's undissolvable with time or space or something like that. And then I know at the last, I can't quote it verbatim. And it says, uh, it, 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 brought that that system onto this continent just as England was being relieved of its inconveniences. That may not be a bad thing to put in there. Uh, if no, that's perfect, you know. actually, because the way I have it laid out really hammers the, the point home in the end that this is a feudal system superstructure laid over everything that's right and uh, and and it's and i it's your system you imposed it i got tricked into being a voluntary surf because of your fraud and i'm volunteering out and you can't stop me or else you're an open tyrant you want to go through the recap so i read it uh yeah you can. Just a second. Let me also say and it was a listener that brought this up that received one and it says we don't have the ability to go back and add paperwork to a citizen of the United States passport. Well we're not citizens of the United States. Jerk off. We're nationals, you fraudulent slave and asshole. And it so, sounds like they say go back and
8: change it. Well yeah. okay. Well, you know I, for a new one. I'm you not asking.
0: We included our affidavit with the passport applications, asshole. You know, I'm not asking her to do anything. And then I hope, Abram, you put it at the bottom, and this is another chance for us to shove this up their, their barracks bag, okay? So whatever the response is, and I haven't written those things out, I'll get around to it the next day or two. There's no big urgency on firing something back to them. You know, it doesn't have to be done before midnight tomorrow, all right? Uh, but at the end of the letter, I would put, I am reestablishing this position and attach exhibit A, give them another copy your affidavit, and I suggest you put exhibit B and attach those two pages of court cases where court citizens cases of the United States are property. property. Now they've got them attached as an exhibit to your reply, which they've got to put in your administrative file. So you get them in there one more time from a different angle on a different topic.
8: And not in your passport application. They they really asked for this. They said, hey, come send us some more.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, see, now we know their game and we know their system and we can take advantage of it, too. See, everything's dialectic. So go ahead. Read, read, us, read us what you okay. got. I think the audience would like right. to hear it.
8: It's it's long. It's okay. So, dear Kelly N. Robinson, I submitted my affidavit with quote citizen evidence end quote to the attention of the U.S. State Department, June fourteenth, twenty twenty or twenty twenty two, via USPS certified mail. I do not know what specific insights are afforded to the U.S. State Department officials. I do not wish to presume anything about you or make any assumptions about your understanding of U.S. national status. My intent is to simply communicate the nature of my status change as a U.S. national with evidence and historical notes. So I'd like to submit to your attention a brief summary of the history of the U.S. national status with a few bulleted legal details. I apologize for the length. It's difficult to condense this information. 13th Amendment, Section 1. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for a crime whereof the party shall be duly convicted. Shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Okay, bullet point one, outlawed involuntary servitude within the United States. Voluntary servitude is legal by omission. Quote, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. End quote. Quote, their jurisdiction is plural. Indicates the jurisdictions of the individual states. Next one is 14th Amendment, Section 1. All persons born or naturalized with the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside, end quote. All persons born or naturalized in the United States. Birthright political status as a crossover of the European feudal system with political-slash-legal status inherited from birth and tied to the land. Also, feudal verbal silent contracts passed on generationally.
0: Feudal system is established as an established you might, system You know law. what you might want if I'm going to stop you? You want me sure. to put originated with the oath of fealty. Put that in uh, there so they know we know. Oh, that, that's in there. Okay.
8: But uh, I'm, I'm just going through the details. Okay. Of no, I, the, uh, I
0: think you've done a good job, and I'm sure everybody wants to hear this, so continue, Abe, would you? And please stop me.
8: If it's getting a little long, then you know, I'm I'm pretty thick skinned. You know, if you say, Hey, come on, come on, come on. Just <laughs> Well, you can't explain this stuff in sound bites, man. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. And actually, and that's why I'm using the fire hose approach. Like I wanna make a document where if it, you know, if they put this in front of someone else, they're just gonna to want to run
0: out of the room. Yeah, right. That's that's where where they're saying, they oh, they sure don't. don't like truth, I'm gonna tell you. And the fact that you know it scares the hell out of them.
8: Yep. And and if anyone, this is something where if, if anyone just, I guess, nominally understands the material, if they go through these bullet points, then this would refresh their memory reasonably well, you know, in a way that could defend itself.
0: All right, uh, field
1: well, they sent us uh, a form letter. Why can't we create a form letter we can. and then have all of us send it back? We,
0: we can. We can do that. But I, I, I put a lot of thought into this, Ken. I'm going to sideline you for a second, Abe. And Part of this yeah. is having... Do you know how proud I am, A, but doing this without going, Roger, 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 I got this letter. I mean, here's somebody that's learned the material, obviously a sharp guy. He's pinned his own response, and it's almost far better instead of sending them a form letter of each one of you coming out and showing them that you understand this and you pin your own letter. That scares them even more.
8: That's true. I don't disagree with that one bit, uh, but it, uh, if. You know, my concern is that some people have the antiviral rights and all that yep. baggage, yep. and if they add this nonsense, then it just really dead leaves. Yeah. Part of me just suspects that the reason that they're saying this is because, you know, if, if you're getting 30-page affidavits over and over and over, they're filling up file cabinets. You know, they're filling up, like, if they want to keep these originals, they're going to run out of room, and that could be part of the strategy of these these guys to, to, to fill up, Everything with paper, so that they can have an excuse and say, "Oh, okay, we're not taking anything from anyone," you know, or or to overwhelm the system, so you know, just flood it with paper. You know, they have a lot of angles and they have infinite resources.
0: Yes. So. Well, my concern okay. is that some of these people, like Annamon Wright or David Straight, are going to screw up what we're doing, you know, and muddy yeah. the water. They already muddy the water with people where they're so damn confused. I get an email, well, I've studied David Strait, I've studied Anna Wrights, and I've stumbled on you. Which one should I choose? It's, <laughs> it, like, right. it's my that's, decision. That's, that's why I think
1: a, a, a collective letter that we've all chimed in on to make sure we've dotted all our I's and crossed all our T's would be a great way to go and then overwhelm them with that. And because, you know, I may forget about something or overlook something, um, whatever, that might be a a critical thing to say. Plus, you know, I could be too wordy, all of that. But um, uh, there was something else I was going to say I forgot, so I'll yield.
0: I see the benefits of both sides of that, either individually or collectively. Okay, there's there's yin and yang on both. Anyway, Abram, let's go ahead with yours, and it very well may be that if you'll send me a copy of that, I there's probably I'd like to go through and edit it and make sure. Maybe there's a couple of things sure. I could put in there, but it, and we'll have Paul put it on the website if people want to take that and respond, okay, because I think your approach okay. here is good, all right, except the length. Uh, you you want to keep anything as short as possible, but I understand you can't do that with this information. Believe me, I understand. Okay, so right. anyway, go ahead and let's evaluate that, and we can discuss it. I think it's an excellent topic for today.
8: Okay,
0: you mean to continue or, or yeah? Just no, please, please and... no, continue.
8: Okay. This is long. Like I'm, this I'm on page one, <laughs> but you know, okay, of, how, right, so many? You, you of how many of how many. Four pages. Okay, well, of, of all right. Condensed, condensed, you know, communication. Like uh, I'm not trying to, to, to circle back to any any previous points. Yeah, you know, there's just too much information to. I know. And also, I mean, it is what it is. All right. So, a feudal system, established system of law with over a thousand years of legal precedent. Next bullet point: protection from the states established a feudal property right of the feudal of the federal state in its federal citizens. It grants protection for citizens against retaliation by the states, i.e. the Oath of Feudal uh, Contract, Allegiance for Protection, Protection for Allegiance. The next bullet point is, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, crucially, and not are. And therefore, some persons born or naturalized in the United States are not citizens of the United States and are not subject to the jurisdiction. Contextually, jurisdiction is singular, now refers to a singular jurisdiction of the federal United States, and the new class of federal citizens, formerly of involuntary nature. And makes the citizenship a two part legal test for quote, volunteers. All persons born and naturalized. Are you a citizen? Yes or no? And subject to the jurisdiction. Are you a resident of Washington, D.C.? Yes or no?
0: No, a resident of that? the state.
8: Of the state? Are you of sure? Of the Cause, state. Cause, uh, of, of, of Which state? The state you live in? Yes.
0: Okay, here's where that comes from. Here's where that comes from. It comes from ambassadorial Mm -hmm. law. Okay? And when when a country does a treaty and they exchange ambassadors, the foreign ambassador is now in residence in D.C., and that means the laws of his original country protect him all they've done is reverse that they've got you admitting to be a resident of a state and that means the laws of Washington D.C. apply to you because of the 14th amendment and what technically is going on there legally is are you a citizen of the United States federal citizen asking for protection from the federal government against any potential actions from your state and a course that invokes the jurisdictional protection for allegiance anytime you ever see any of those words the other word is automatically associated with it so when when you're uh let's say a citizen of georgia
8: or yes. minnesota then the question is they're asking say are you a resident are you a resident of the state because it was my understanding that the whole uh, driving and 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 being in commerce and 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 so on uh kind of convolutes that because you are technically a resident of Washington, D.C.,
0: and therefore
8: anything you do.
0: No, you're a resident of Minnesota, and because of the technical uh, definition of that term, the laws of Washington, D.C. apply to you because you're asking for protection from them against any actions of the new, at that point, black citizen up in Minnesota. So I'm in residence. Right now, I, let me add this for those of you who are, are looking for interesting, interesting background and fill in on this. I don't talk about it very much. Uh, over on surf dot com, there's a a really really good talk. By a uh, uh, doctor uh, Robert Livingston, I think is his name, and he was a guy that was one of the founders of the League of the South. He was a professor emeritus at Emory, and uh, then they got in some kind of a urinating match with the uh, uh, with that organization, and he split off with a bunch of his pals, and they formed another one. That one is called the Abbeville. Hey, there's no Y in it. Abbeville, South Carolina, is where that's tagged at and it's called the Abbeville Institute. And you can go put Abbeville Institute in in YouTube, and they got a bunch of talks on historical stuff over there. But his whole talk is about the founding of the 14th Amendment, and he goes over a bunch of this history that I'd never heard before or since, okay? And what he's talking about how even when they were trying to pass some of these laws in Congress after the Civil War, even the new black slaves were against it. Okay, so it's very, very interesting about an hour long talk it was done up at Kennesaw, uh right up by where I used to live in Northwest Atlanta. And uh, there's a big, big mountain there. It's called Kennesaw Mountain, and it's one of those places where everything else is fairly level. And there's this big mountain there out of nowhere, and that was the pivotal spot for the in the Civil War for the Battle of the South because the South held Kennesaw Mountain. You can still see a bunch of Civil War stuff around there. And that talk was at Kennesaw, there at the national park. So anyway
5: donald livingston okay
0: donald livingston he's probably uh no longer with us i actually uh got to speak with him i got my connection that sent me that talk and i said man can i talk with him and he goes well he's really hard of hearing now and uh so when i mentioned that to him he goes oh wow we've learned so much since then i remember that talk but it's got some really good background information You'd have to really dig to find otherwise, okay? So sorry to interrupt Jay, but I just wanted to add that okay. in. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and that was – so what part did the uh, the former slaves object to? I don't remember. It's been years since I listened to it, but I don't know that he was specific. I think he was. But there's a couple of things that even the new citizens of the United States were against. Yeah, when the slaves re- re- reject a, an offer, that's <laughs> – Yeah. Well, the new federal citizens, you know, but they didn't like what was going on either point. Sure. Right. I mean, yep. Okay.
8: All right. So uh, this legal test is applied to citizens slash nationals on a regular basis, but in an unassuming way. Answer yes to both. And the presumption is made that one is a voluntary 14th amendment citizen, but the choice was never given to become a national with God given rights. The 13th amendment legalizes voluntary servitude by mission the 14th was used to define future citizenship as a catch-all of voluntary servitude for citizens and
0: residents of the federal government
8: in D.C. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, pretty so correct. I this part. Yeah. I want you to send me a copy of this, and I'm going to go over it, oh, yeah. okay? Yeah. All right, so later cases were used to guide the U.S. public into the current de facto
8: status. I have wonking Kim Ark as a, a bullet point. Uh, Plessy versus Ferguson edify the distinction between two separate but equal political statuses state citizenship, and federal citizenship, 14th Amendment. State citizens later relabeled U.S. nationals with God-given rights and constitutional protections of those rights, 14th Amendment federal citizens with 14th Amendment, quote, civil rights, and a U.S. government property right in every U.S. citizen. These statuses were ruled separate but equal in that they were both statuses of Americans, plausibly the most flexible application of the word equal. Given the choice, Any reasonable individual would choose to have God-given rights and constitutional protections of those rights. All right, next one is a Brown versus Board of Education established that all Americans share equal status by making all Americans both. And now for the Immigration and Naturalization Act, all citizens are nationals. However, the INA does not state that all nationals are citizens. I am a national, but not a citizen.
0: Well, you're both. You're there. both. You're both. You're making a change. It's the American Samoans that have to go through hoops to get that. Okay. Yep. Now, what I'd put right nationals. it right you're in that area, and you're not finished yet. I'm just going to inject to illustrate yep. your point. I would drag in their certificate of nation, non-citizen nationality and point out their verbiage that all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals.
1: Permission to speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ken.
1: Since you, uh, in the resident area, when you're talking about residency, what about um, making at least a small statement indicating that you're aware of the difference between resident and domicile or or something along those lines? It may be included in the next couple of pages, but um, I just thought that distinction should be uh, there since that's Part of what we're doing here is parsing the word salad.
0: Okay. I well, what we can do is let, let, let's look at the format that Abe's got here, and if you want, if we want to go that direction, I think we should definitely post it on the website for anybody to use it. But you can go through and tailor that too a little bit individually if you want to. Okay. But let's go here. Let's go on. Go on, Abe, if you will. And yeah. uh, I think You're you've really done a very good. Uh, look for a new kid. You've done a real good job. Okay. All
8: right, all right uh, so where am I at? All right, so I'm a National Madonna citizen. A presumption of 14th Amendment status was applied uniformly to all Americans after Brown versus Board of Education, and Americans were no longer asked which status applied to our political person. Exactly 60 days later, the IRS was formed to collect on a feudal property right. No, 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 all US no, no,
0: no, sa- The IRS was formed in 1951. 60 days later, the 1954 Internal Revenue Code was put into place.
4: Holy crap.
0: Okay. Yeah, holy crap's right. So go ahead. I, okay. Just a small correction. Wait. If we're going to send them something, let's make sure we got every I dotted and every T crossed. Yeah, I mean, the fire hose has to be uh, full. Of, it has to be clean. It has to be clean. It has got to be centered yep. with that hard stream that knocks people in the next week. Yep.
8: yep. All right. Uh, the lack of full disclosure to the U.S. federal government. To its nationals and citizens, and the nature of their dual political status is fraud by non-disclosure. Yep. This fraud yep. of non-disclosure. Lack is the of. No,
0: how about lack of full disclosure?
8: Uh, fraud by lack of full disclosure.
0: Right. I, I you know, it, any contract. Uh, see, any contract, you got to have all everything stipulated, and both sides have to know it here I agree the, here they're omitting half of it that they know is right there there's your fraud right on the surface that's first level that we uh, uh, come in contact with by the way okay. and, and I'll stop pausing because I'm writing notes I can just come back
8: listen to this and then edit it and, yeah. and, and then send it out
0: yeah okay the fraudal government
8: the fraud government.
0: you might you, that's
8: good Ken go, go ahead is, uh, this fraud of non-disclosure is the backbone of the Internal Revenue Service, as U.S. nationals are fraudulently relabeled non-resident aliens in the IRS code, and they are only responsible for paying income taxes on two small constitutionally relevant sections of the IRS code. As documented below in the very first section of IRS rules, CFR 26.1.1-1. oneone right, dash hold-
0: 1.1-1, parentheses, small a. Okay, small a. All right. And actually, and I just have the
8: quote here. And then the if you
0: wanted me. to further embellish that, you can turn. I can get the section. It's on the next page. If you flip that page of the CFR on the next page, there's a question there that says, who is a citizen? Everyone, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof is the answer. So you can bring that in underneath and really nail it. Okay. All for it. I'll get I'll get the section for you.
9: Okay.
8: To volunteer out of quote voluntary servitude, one must understand the terms of the quote voluntary agreement, fetal variable contract, and notify the U.S. State Department, which is the office responsible for documenting an American status. This detail is discreetly hidden in the passport application instructions in a warning box, vaguely warning boxes vaguely specific description quote, including affidavits. And right here, I have the the uh, a a screenshot of that. exact uh photograph okay good and Uh,
0: and you may want to add that you are required to put this in the passport application because of the Paperwork Reduction Act and the fact that the passport is an information-gathering request and to put it out, you have to have an OMB number from the Office of Management and Budget, which makes your whole scheme constitutional. That's why it's in there. Don't tell me I can't add something to the passport application if I'm renewing. You know, I mean, I know that that's wordy, but that's another whole concept that you may want to put in there. If we're trying the case on a letter, which is what you're doing, okay, uh, uh, that that may be important. It may not. Anyway, I'm just embellishing. Go ahead. Oh, no. M- more water for the hose. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right? More pressure.
8: More pressure. Exactly. exactly. Just keep it coming. Uh, so an individual who is aware of the system can include their affidavit with their passport application and the u.s state department must recognize their voluntary change of status or else
0: if- they are open tyrants open tyrants open and notorious participating in tyranny open and notorious Yep, slavers right All All right, so so,
4: it's more bricks out of the wall.
0: (laughs) Go
1: ahead. I'll be Uh, members of a PMA volunteer fire department.
8: (laughs) Yeah, yep. Let's do it. All hands on deck. Uh, So uh, it says, or one can avoid issues by providing this affidavit directly to the U.S. State Department. So uh, 14th Amendment said federal citizenship must be voluntary as defined in the 13th Amendment. The U.S. State Department cannot refuse this change of political status. The method of, quote, volunteering out is a statement of intention, feudal, feudal verbal contract to become a, a national but not a citizen. This contract statement can be found discreetly located at the bottom of the following U.S. State Department travel website page. And I have a page here, and then I have all the verbiage here. It said, become a national but not a citizen of the United States by making a declaration under oath. You know, And I have that part underlined because, you know, the declaration under oath is, the, is a verbal contract. Uh So I would draw specific attention to the, quote, declaration under oath verbiage, as this is the feudal verbal contract. This is feudal law. This is not common law, a common law contract, or a UCC contract. This is a feudal system superstructure, which has been suspended over the rest of the U.S. legal system to enslave the American people.
0: Okay, I'm going to stop you again. I'm going to stop you again. It is feudal law, but the feudal, the law that was used on the manor was the law merchant its merchant law as applied to the feudal system I don't really understand what you mean okay the 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 law that was used on in the if you go back to the law merchant you know I mean I've got a paper here that john handed out which is two pages page page and a half and it lists every system of law in the world okay and at the top is the system and in the middle uh, the second column is what they call the presiding officer the third column is the types of actions that are used because the actions are not the same okay and the fourth column is remedy All right, and you can go down that whole list, and when you get to the law merchant, there's only two places in history of the world that the law merchant has applied. One of them is the law merchant itself, what we call the Uniform Commercial Code now, as I covered last night with John. Okay, and the other place that the law merchant was used exclusively was the feudal system. That's the law they used on the manor. So it is it is feudal law, you're not wrong, but if you want to be correctly and understand this totally, it's the merchant law that was applied to the feudal system. And part of the reason for that, as I've read, is because the merchant law was the one that was used at all the trade fairs around Europe. And so that was the merchant law used in trade, and they just transferred that over to the feudal system. That's why these remedies, lean levy, garnishment, and seizure, become so important to understand because that dictates the system of law that's being used. Where were they used? In the law merchant and on the manor. On the manor. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't really understand the distinction, though. I mean, is it well? There's no law? distinction no. except it was, it was, it was applied to the feudal system. But the law body is the law merchant, the UCC, or the Babylonian Merchant Code. They're all the same thing. So, in some sense, is the feudal system, in, in terms of its 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 laws, is it an extension of the merchant? Well, they the law just merchant? they just took that law and applied it to the feudal situation and on the manor, okay. So, and here it comes back to you're in the federal feudal system and they're imposing the merchant law on you. That's the Uniform Commercial Code. That's why the IRS uses lien, levy, garnishment, and seizure.
8: That's a really good point. That should go in there
0: because that that ties us together. Okay. Well, obviously, it's a work in progress, and you're going to go back and re-edit this, and we can, uh, yep. uh, you know, go back and nitpick on it again. But uh, but I just like I want to use your example of what you've written for the whole audience, and you too, Abe, to understand these very very minute differences and and little uh, uh, syntax stuff, if you will.
8: No, I appreciate it. I, I, I want to have this down to an art, to a science. You know, I, I, I would love to be a, uh, well, a I, lawyer. As it, I mean, I'm going to tell work. you what:
0: if you, uh, Abe couldn't write this letter right here, if he didn't understand the information, right?
8: And, and I feel like you know, I'm I'm dropping the ball left and right. So no, uh, right, Coach. Let's do it. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> okay, we'll 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 uh, you know, better is better.
0: More water.
5: Uh, yeah, the room is looking for a copy.
0: Well, we'll go. Tell the chat room. We'll get them a copy. Let's listen to it first, okay?
5: Hey,
2: Roger? Yes. Oh, it's Princess, and thank you. April hey, ship.
0: you got that? Did you get that from Harvey last night?
2: Uh, I had checked. my. was having some Internet issues. I'll check today. Okay,
0: okay. well, check. let me just tell you on the side. I spoke with Harve and one of the reasons is he's got an old MacBook uh, computer, and he has used it so much that the whole middle part of the keys don't respond so he couldn't (laughs) type anything and he Uh, went out and bought a bluetooth keyboard and hooked it up to the mac pro and now he's got some typing ability so that's what happened with the delay so anyway it's on its way okay
2: i just wanted to ask with regard to the document that was read and thank you again Abe, for sharing that um how does that relate the part where you were talking about um are you a citizen of the state um but how does it relate to someone
0: born like abroad well you've naturalized so uh but there's what does no- that
2: mean because i have a birth certificate i don't have a naturalization document
0: okay all right well were were you naturalized princess that's what i'm saying i don't believe so. i i just
2: was born in panama canal zone I oh never-
0: well that's the reason your one of your parents was uh, was a citizen of the united states
2: is that considered naturalization for this purpose? Well, it's
0: considered. No, it's considered that you, that's extended to you. Okay. Okay, All that right. status and that. If you if you know, we've got a lot of Americans down here that marry foreign girls. Okay, and so uh, if you have a child and you're a citizen of the United States, well I've got my good buddy in Buenos Aires just had his first child a little over a year ago had his first son on Father's Day. How about that, okay? And uh, he said, I've got to go down to the embassy and register the birth because he's a citizen of the United States. His wife is Argentinian, all right? And so you go down to the embassy, and he's got – they can pass hereditment now because you're foreign and one of your parents was uh, was a citizen, and that passes to you. That's probably what happened in your case.
8: And the property right. Rent- and so they own,
0: the, yeah, the and and you property. may have been born actually on a military facility or something, which I guess would be considered DC territory.
2: Yeah, I was definitely born on Fort Clayton.
0: Um, yep, yep. So I'm sure that plays in there somehow too.
2: So when you're, I mean, when when um, I guess uh, using or however we, however we used a uh, uh, um, a document like that, and and they're saying state. Is what I get confused on.
0: Well, there, yeah, and you claim
2: the state you currently inhabit. Uh, yes, have
0: yes, where you're domiciled. Okay, and it's you're in California. Of, Congratulations. Yes.
2: Well, you know, I and, and just just the sidebar. I know that the ABR system was saying that you claim uh, the state of uh, like your parents, one of your parents. Which was interesting.
0: Right. right. Now, you know, that this is very interesting in the naturalization Abe, I'm sorry to sideline you, okay? Uh, okay, but if if somebody is naturalized and we get a number of naturalized people on here, okay, that means you're coming in, you've fulfilled the requirements to go through the naturalization process, and because after the Fourteenth Amendment, let's let's approach it another way. Pre fourteenth Amendment, you were naturalized in a state. Post-14th Amendment, you're naturalized through D.C. And so when they go through the naturalization process, they attach these civil rights to you, okay? Uh, Allen, uh, Georgia Allen there, uh, brought us a case which was very stunning. I don't know if you all have heard me. Abe, have you heard us talk about Afrahim versus Rusk? I don't believe so. Okay, well, this is something Allen brought us, okay? It's very interesting because it proves this point. It was a 1965-66 case. Rusk, in the style, was the Secretary of State. Dean Rusk, he's from Georgia. They got a whole big thing over at the University of Georgia, the Dean Rusk facility. Okay, And so uh, he was suing Rusk because Afrahim was a Hungarian Jew. He migrated to the U.S., immigrated, and went through the naturalization process, and so he got these civil rights attached. They caught him voting in an Israeli election, which at that point was against the rules, and so they tried to take away his 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 rights, and even though the Supreme Court had ruled previously that this was legal, he took the case back up to the Supreme Court, and they said you can't take away his rights. Why can't you take away his rights when he got caught clearly violating the rules? They're not going to tell you this in the case, by the way. You got to because read the between to be because everything's got to be voluntary. He's got to voluntarily give them away. They can't take away voluntary rights because everything. You can't make
8: take your, your rights. Like if you're a felon, then you can't vote in certain states. Right? Well, you can't
0: vote, but they're not taking away your rights. They're just curbing them. Okay. Well, that's not really right. Right. But that Afrahim case, I didn't read it, but I know that they're not going to spell it out in the decision. But that's the underlying reason they reverse that. They're voluntary rights. Afrahim volunteered into them. They agreed. And for him to get rid of them, he's got to volunteer them away. What we're doing, exactly what we're 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 doing with the Secretary of State. We're volunteering on two things that are the same, from one that we've been fraudulently put into to the other, and they want to hide it. Notice they didn't tell Afrahim, oh, hey, you can change over and be a national. No, right. I wonder how they would have handled
8: this.
0: Let's say
8: if he was a British Citizen, right? Dual citizen, British. Right.
0: And, uh, Don't know. But, but that's a very interesting case because it takes what we talk about from the dialectic, see? Why okay. couldn't they take them? Because they're voluntary and he's got to give them away. But why? So because think- Vittell's Law of Nations says every man has the right of personal political self-determination. It's your right, not theirs. If they try and mess with it, they're open tyrants. So who was trying to take the right? Was it Israel was trying to take the no, right? No, 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 no. The U.S. The U.S.
8: Okay. Because they take everyone else's uh, rights when it suits them.
0: Well, they curb them. I don't know if they take them. But anyway, <laughs> let, let's go. I'm sorry if you're all here. I got the lawn guys out here. Let's hope he doesn't cut the damn Internet connection again today. Go ahead.
8: All right. He's a Mossad agent.
0: <laughs> well, he <right>. uh,
10: <laughs> speaks fluent
0: Spanish. <laughs> yep. Well, they have him in every, everything. <laughs> well, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so in feudal legal
8: terms, the U.S. Secretary of the State is the feudal lord of the manor, and the lord of the manor must be directly notified of any changes in voluntary feudal contract status. Therefore, the U.S. State Department must honor its correction of status or, to or, any American.
0: Or else the fraudulent presumption stands yes okay oh oh you
8: mean if you do not notify the yeah. secretary of State? that's
0: right see everything's done on presumption yeah. they there was a bankruptcy oh we're going to presume that you're going to be surety for the debt so we're going to put everybody into this condition it's presumption Absolutely. they do everything on presumption
8: yeah, that, that expert might be the most important detail that I left out here because that's really where it's at. That's, you know, if you don't tell this fella, then there's. there's well, what we're doing
0: is we're letting them know we're totally onto their scam.
8: Right, right. With the fire hose. All right. So, therefore, the U.S. Department must honor, the U.S. State Department must honor this correction of status of any American who cancels this feudal, or feudal verbal contract and notifies the U.S. State Department of their change of status, as the U.S. State Department has the responsibility for documenting slash determining political status of Americans and foreigners within the U.S. and abroad, visas, resident, green card, citizen, diplomat, national, etc. I've rebutted the fraudulent presumption of 14th Amendment political status. One month later, I requested a new passport and included documentation of evidence to support my change in political status. The U.S. State Department issued me a new passport, which confirms my status as U.S. national but not a citizen, when processed correctly. Hourly, passports issued to nationals are identical in appearance to the passports of citizens, as some do not wish this information to be public knowledge. However, the passport discreetly identifies the existence of both statuses on the document's first non-quoted paragraph, as shown below. The Secretary of State of the United States of America hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit the citizen-slash-national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance, and in the case of need to give all lawful aid and protection. As evidence, I've included a photocopy of this paragraph. Okay, I I want to
0: stop you. There's another sentence you could put in there and say, notice the secretary's statement does not identify non-citizen nationals, which you are trying to allude to in your letter that is the case. Perfect. non
8: citizen. All right. guess we go. All right. Uh, as
4: evidence, I've been, when, you're, when you're done, Abram, when you're done, Abram, I've got something to add
8: to your letter.
0: Okay. We're Great. probably well, not going to, to get, through today, get through four pages today, but we're going to get through what we can. I think Abram's done. No, I'm done. This
8: is, this is the end. We're at the right, oh, right okay. at the tail end. Okay. okay. So as evidence, I've included a photocopy of this paragraph as well as a photocopy of my passport info. My affidavit is securely and permanently in the possession of the U.S. State Department. I am a U.S. national. No entity other than God Almighty has a property right in me. I owe God my allegiance, and my protection for this allegiance is found in the Constitution of the United States of America. Respectfully,
0: Abram. Abram, you did a great job, okay? It doesn't sound like it was four pages. It sounded like it was one good page of single space, you know, but you did a great job. Send me a copy, please. Let's go back and edit it a little bit and hit some of the fine-tuned points and exemplify it a little bit more. And if everybody, anybody wants to send that in, I got no problem with it. You shoved everything right up their barracks bag, okay? And they can't deny it. And put attached again a copy of my citizenship evidence, Exhibit A, and additionally, court cases to buttress my position, Exhibit B1, B2, and we'll put the two pages of court cases in there saying that U.S. citizens are property. And, buddy, that's going to rock somebody's world in some meeting up there. Right. My hope is that, you know, if they get
8: a uh, a tsunami of these in, then, you know, my, my suspicion is that these people, the State Department, especially the ones who are getting these documents and reading them, they have no idea. You no, know, they don't. If we, you know, if, if, if we can spell it out for them and let the, give them instructions on how, to, how they know. can do well, this you themselves. Know. All
0: right. Well, we let, me tell you what, let me tell you what you might want to think about. When you send them, put a CC at the bottom, all pertinent employee, State Department employees on the seventh floor because that's where the damage is done. That's where the nest of damn Satanist Jews are on the 7th floor of the State Department. And also, guess where they did the same thing? Same thing at the FBI. 7th floor of the FBI building.
8: You know, I don't really want those guys to be nationals. If I could help it, I would prevent them and maybe just have the uh, entry-level employees of the uh, the State Department. Yeah. You know, them and their family, they can join us. The guys that, uh, you know, on the 7th floor or whatever...
1: They can go to the ninth level of
0: hell. <laughs> You're right.
1: Has anybody determined who JJ is? I mean, it, have it signed JJ, but then Kelly and Robinson underneath that. So I have you no. figure out who that is and make sure they're cc'd. But that may be covered on your seventh floor yeah. thing. Anyhow, you.
0: Well, Abram, good job, man. I mean, that's a great format. Let's tweak it just a little bit and, and, and get it even a little bit more pointed. And if you guys want to send them that, I got no problem with it. Hey, Roger. Yes, Mirka.
6: Um Kelly, the, she's the liaison. She's the contact between the the correspondence that's coming in from us. And the department that it needs to go to. Okay. So I'm not sure why she's the one
0: responding to it. Because they want to put any goyim out as a front person. So there's it's, a bunch not, of there's a bunch of corrupt satanic Jews behind it initiating all this.
6: And she's not the person that's going to be handling this. So I mean, we should be directing it to someone the head of that department or whoever it is well you
0: might when you want to why don't you, why don't you copy uh anthony a- anthony blinken and all state right. department employees on the seventh floor
6: that's that's what i was i was going to say say yeah. um send a cc copy to this blinken I mean, I mean and the ag
0: i mean you know what happens when you got a dog and your dog craps in the living room what do you do you rub his nose in it right right same thing here I'm game for that.
6: So, so for the new students, now that oh, we know quickly. that we're getting all these letters back, we should, you know, include all that in there, you know, a copy when you're doing your passport, when you're doing your um IRS, when you're doing um the Foyers because everybody from whoever's doing that is getting that letter back. Right, but
0: uh, just a quick all... note. Uh, uh, Go ahead. Who's who's saying right there?
10: That's it's Joe. So uh, a Kimberly Bassett is now the Secretary of State in D.C. Some people know it's no longer Anthony Blinken.
0: What? When did that change happen?
10: I, I have no idea, but it just happened. I Blinken is out. Blinken is out.
0: Wow. I, That's a bombshell.
10: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking to see if this is wrong or anything, but I can't find anything that states otherwise. It is uh, Kimberly Bassett.
8: Joe Biden must be getting in there and figuring out what's wrong. And he's like, you're just not doing a job." Well, you know, Blinken is a Blinken, like that in the, the bunker.
0: Blinken.
1: Uh, the last I, statement I, I, is. Another um, red herring, because it says, please be aware that no further action will be taken by our office regarding this matter. So what does it mean by our office? The li- liaison division yeah, or, probably the the consular, or the
0: consular? What's the department that's sending these out? The consular something service? It's is a, a satellite division of the State Department. This is my impression.
1: Um, well, it doesn't state that. It only states right before that, for additional information, please visit the Bureau of Consular Affairs website. But when it says by our office, that's vague and ambiguous.
0: Well, good. So welcome to the modern world of satanic.
5: Uh, Kimberly Bassett appears to be Secretary of the District of Columbia.
10: Ah, okay. Well, they're messing—they're messing with me then on Google because it says oh, when you type Google. in Secretary of State, <laughs> okay, it keeps coming up as curious.
0: I've never even heard her name before today. I
10: don't know, and now comes up Anthony Blinker. I don't get it. Why are they doing this?
0: Because they're satanic I, magicians, Abram.
4: Abram, I do have something that you might want to add to that. Um, I'm I'm thinking that, that because your excellent, outstanding job on that letter inspired me to to craft something myself. So I came up with a lyric. We don't need re-education. <laughs> We don't need no thought control. No social credit slaving system. Federales, leave the peeps alone. Hey, yep. Tyler, leave my peeps alone. All in all, it's more bricks out of the wall. Good. As you leave your more bricks out of the wall. We may need re-education, teaching us how evil goes. The tricks you've played on all the people. Tyrants, leave the peeps alone. Hey, bastards, leave the peeps alone. All in all, you're one brick out of the wall. All in all, we're breaking bricks out of the wall. If you can't see the fraud, you can't have any freedom. How can you have any freedom if you can't see the fraud? Ah. Hey, you, behind the front lines,
8: stand firm, laddie.
0: Obviously, Paul is inspired, <laughs> Abram, by your letter.
8: Fantastic. I, you know, I don't know if I'll include that in the letter. I, I might, might put that on the uh, the outside of the envelope.
5: Roger! <laughs> you, you topped 101. Uh,
0: uh, uh, we got what, Myrrh, 101? 101
5: in here. It dropped back down to 99 now, but it's okay. a, it was 101.
0: Well, I wonder if any new folks from the John B. Wells show last night of, that have appeared here this morning, we'd love to talk to you.
11: Hey, Roger. Yes. What I like about the letter, even if it's not sent in, it's great uh, reaffirmation within your own mind in reading it and keeping it straight on the fundamentals of this thing that we're doing.
0: You know, it doesn't take – you don't have to spend 30 years with this like I have. Abrams picked it up and put it in a pretty straightforward letter here, and and I would say this is what I encourage people to do is to have a command of the information where you could sit down and write a letter just like that. And if you've done that, you're on your way to recovery. Yeah. Do you have to use the word straight? <laughs> I know I can use the word queer.
11: <laughs> the the other thing I'd like to mention is uh, uh another good website on the 13th and 14th amendment and in, in parts of the civil war is uh, uh dirtyuncle com. another okay. good site.
0: Okay. dirtyuncle com. Abraham good job. By, Send me a copy by, of that. We'll tweak it. And, uh, put it back out, uh, you know, for everybody. If you want to send it in or if you want to do, uh, your own and take that as some sort of an outline and pin your own, that's fine too. But it can't hurt to let the, see, they're expecting people like Anna von Wright students and David Strait students. They, how are they going to address that letter? Okay. If
5: you really want to mess with them, write it and curse it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Chris hey, Murray,
11: you must be uh, this is Jedi. Yeah, Mark, you must have just read my mind because I was going to say that's an excellent letter. But when I handwrite that six pages, I'm going to have a, a severe case of graphio spasm, and I'm going to need an itero one.
1: And <laughs> I uh, haven't gotten mine yet.
0: Well, it's on its way. I hope so.
1: Well, the AI has problems recognizing cursive, so they actually have to have human beings do it i can imagine that
0: you know i remember years ago in one of the las vegas conventions there was a guy that was one of john and glenn's students and he was a professional lightweight boxer his name his name was leo masters and he had really at these early stages i was very green okay and he had done a whole book and written a whole thing on administrative law and administrative state and in that whole seminar it was concentrating on the administrative state it, that he was way ahead of me in that a- aspect but he put out what he wrote and he put it in in script and it was almost impossible to read now I didn't read it because it was such so difficult to read so uh, straightforward regular New Times Roman or whatever is far more effective I mean we, look, hey, we want them to read this okay I don't want anything to inhibit them reading it because I want those son-of-a-bitches to know they've been made. You're a made man. You're a fraud. You're a Satanist. And you're a damn slaver. Yeah, Alan?
5: Send Alan. both. Send cursive yeah, in did. Print. <laughs> and print.
0: And did you get my name on that email? Because I, I didn't receive an email last night from you. You know, Alan, I left you out this morning. I did it this morning, and I'll, I'll do that when we're finished. I forgot you, man. I'm sorry
3: okay well you That's know why make-
0: i was thinking about all the alabama boys but i will uh i'll go back and get you in on that okay all right man thanks yep you know we got these damn flies down me, here but hey hi sweetie how you doing
5: all right am hmm. i on the email list
0: no i don't think i put you in there either nadine yeah. i Pretty sure I've got your email address in the directory there. So, and I don't know that I've got Williams and Williams out there by you, kind of. So, uh, William and Nadine and Alan need to be put into that. And I'll, I'll try, I'll do that after the show. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. We want you involved. All right. All right. Hey, Raj. Yes, sir. Uh, I need to
4: make a, make a quick announcement. Um, if somebody, uh, because we've got 102 people in the board, if people keep getting kicked out, um, I have already brought PPN Studio 2 online and we are linked to it. So when you try to reconnect, reconnect to PPN Studio 2. Is it
0: Studio or PPN number 2?
4: PPN Studio
0: number 2. Okay. So that's the Jitsi address for the overflow here. Yeah, first time we've had overflow, day. folks. I mean, you know, last night's Bit Wells show, today all this, uh breaching over a hundred people for really the first time. Fantastic. Congratulations to all of you. Uh, are you Family all right, now there's Wahib. He came out of left field. Wahib, what's yeah, going on?
9: Yeah, I'm sorry. I just chimed in. Uh, I missed the part. You say you gave people your email. Are you giving them or they giving you email? And what's, they, uh, I didn't uh, think that.
0: Okay, this is from yesterday. Bob said he's going to be going to Kansas and back, and he's going to come back through Atlanta, and these guys are going to have a little get-together somewhere in Atlanta, probably on the west side. So that's what it appears at this point.
9: Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought so, okay. Thank you, you. Want
0: to, you want to fly to Atlanta, there, Wahib?
9: No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. I just caught. I that, never mind.
0: They's They're going to get together pretty close to the airport now. Okay.
9: No, 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 no. I'm not going to Atlanta. I didn't know okay. that. I didn't know what it was about. All right.
0: All right. Well, maybe you could go to Atlanta. And maybe vote for Herschel.
9: Uh, yeah, I like him. He sounds pretty good. He's a good guy. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they, everybody Herschel. didn't everybody got screwed? Screw, everybody got screwed last week. They rigged the vote, didn't
0: they? And they didn't even get kissed. Yeah, they rigged the vote. Uh, So, again, I'm going to – Herschel Walker is a fine man. Okay, Herschel Walker is an exemplary human being to me. So where do we want to go further on this? I hate to see him get screwed. And especially get screwed because he because Trump supports him and Mitch McConnell's trying to defeat every Trump candidate in the world. Okay, these damn crooked well, bastards. Well,
5: you know that Dave Chappelle thing on SNL. He apparently did something entirely different during rehearsal, but he uh-huh. did keep in a part about uh, putting down Herschel.
0: Okay, good.
5: You know, no, you know, it wasn't good. Man, that part wasn't good. You know, it, he says, oh, it, he talks with his mouth open and blah, blah, you know, just trying to make him look I, stupid. I,
0: I mean, it just anybody that comes from that situation and turns himself into the human being that he has turned himself into. I mean, hell, he didn't even want to play football. He didn't even like football. Okay. So uh, it, it's uh, he, I got a great deal of admiration. Him and Clarence Thomas, both of those guys. So, you know, come from dirt floors in Pinpoint, Georgia, and you're the best damn justice on the Supreme Court. That's quite a journey, quite an accomplishment. So back to the letter or something anybody's got to bring forward that you want to discuss on that. Uh, Roger. Roger, uh, Okay, go ahead. No, no, I want the new guy. Samuel's in here all the time. Who's the new guy?
11: Well, this is Jedediah. I'm not exactly new. No, you're
0: not new. But that's okay.
11: But I, I have the same problem. I don't know. I, I think I got dropped and I, I piped up because everyone was so quiet, but I think I wasn't talking to anyone. Yeah, nice. I got the um I got the same thing that everyone else's, except mine was I'm not even sure because my um my letter was received to the Secretary of State internally the same day as I did my passport application. So They have on my letter sent to me, which is the exact same as what everyone else has been getting, except for the date um, that it was received in my name at the top. But um, so, anyways, I'm kind of in the same boat, but it's kind of strange because, you know, I've already received my passport card and the passport book. And so, I don't know, you know, it's like I would have expected this and then a reaffirmation once you wrote the letter. And then like others receiving their passport. But I don't know what they've actually done or what my status is for what I have received.
0: What I sense here, because we know the Copper Moonshine Stills guys got it because the guy called in Friday, uh, Sunday night on RBN. And you know that they blanketed probably David Strait and von Wrights and some of these other people that are out there teaching this stuff. And uh it may have been that some of those folks tried to send in a request to add a piece of paper to the already processed application, and that's the result of this, and they just included all of us in the mailing. We don't know, okay? And well, that's except why- for
11: the one thing that's interesting, it is on the bottom of my letter, it actually has the link for the site that – all our group uses, you know, that non citizen oh, nationalities. <laughs> they actually reference it <laughs> okay. and do the okay. web link in there. Well, and that's, that's another thing. I never asked to be a U.S or a non-citizen national Of course not. I asked for be a national
0: of course and that may again have come from some of these other people that don't know what they're teaching they don't know what the deal is and we just got included in, in the response I don't know what each and every one of the individual letters say and that's why I like what Abram's doing here and then you can go back and take whatever letter if there's any differences any differential there and apply it to your own circumstances but you can use Abram's letter here is the basic format and go in and tweak it to your own individual letter if it's different from the others my experience right. is when they do these bluff letters it, like with the ones from the passport application the bluff letters they send out so the letters are different they can cut and paste here but the first paragraph's always the same and that's my sense here but i don't know because written... i haven't seen them all yes who's who is that
8: um, my sense is that this this is such a nebulous and 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 kind of a wonky message. I feel like what they're doing is they're taking a play from like the uh, the fact checkers, right? Well, they'll say so and so isn't true, and then what they'll do is they'll create a, an argument that no one ever claimed, right? You know, no one's out there saying that they're American Samoa or anything like that, right? They'll say, so now yeah. they're saying, well, you know what
0: if you if you still want to be American Samoan, then uh, you know, go ahead and follow well. this process. You know, we get, we get people here. I mean, with Chris, the late de- deceased Chris, unfortunately, he could, he had a hard time getting over this non-citizen national. And see here, we know too much. We know we're not citizens and you see national attached to it and your mind automatically, oh, I'm not a citizen because that's what you're telling them. But this is a specific political status put there to hide the other one. And my sense again is you start throwing that that term into david straight seminars and Anna Von rights information those people don't have any idea no they'll eat it up okay all right and that may be the reason everybody's gotten these letters all right don't know speculation but it may be
11: now my other question is <laughs> I, I do handwrite all mine and as i've mentioned and most of you already know because i don't have a printer and all that access so um what if You know, because this is actually going to, because I did my first letter to them, then I did the passport application, then I followed that up with another letter, so with the declaration and the affidavit, so they're going to have like three copies for me, which would be fine, but because of my disability and not being able to go out, not having a printer, what if in my case I can't get to this for at least the next three or four months or whatnot
0: i don't Um, think there's any time limit here on your response hell they wait their reference and stuff that was sent in six eight months ago in the letter
11: yeah mine mine was five months or and then actually four months after i actually received my passport application yeah i don't think i mean the book not the application i
0: don't i I don't believe this is like a court case where you got 30 days or 15 days to respond this is pretty open-ended all right but I think you do want to send them something because it automatically goes. They have to put it in your administrative file, and it's just another layer of protection for you when that's done.
2: Hey, Roger? Okay. Yes. Um, this is Princess again. Um, I got a similar letter. It was a little different, um, but it did have a 90-day uh
0: Respond time, time in it. Okay. Well, respond. if it's got a ninety, if it's got a time frame in there, usually you you want to respond within ninety days. Okay, uh, just to keep our side clear. So I suggest that you do that. But ninety days is a long time too. Okay. So if it's got that kind of a stipulation in there, adhere to whatever they're saying and get it postmarked before that date or oh, on, are on that date see if you get it in yeah, the post office that. on the 90th day it's still acceptable
2: yeah and i used the firm book also so okay um, good because I, I had some other several deaths and some things that kind of put me behind even though it was 90 days so All right i did put the the book and got it uh postmarked the day that 90th
0: day okay good job so who else has got something to bring to this discussion
9: uh you know, there, uh, All right, to, uh All
0: right, let's, let's go to Wahib. He got in there first. Wahib, what's the deal?
9: Uh yeah, I'm I'm just I wanna make a point. You notice that none of these people will, will dispute the points.
0: No, of course not. Like Herschel
9: Walker, the Herschel Walker, uh West I mean Kanye West, they won't challenge challenge them on their point. They'll only talk about oh he he talks with a stutter. He's left-handed. Right. He's hunched back. Right. They never.
0: Ch- of course, they well, never. Of they I don't. want to hear them argue. Well, they're not gonna. Okay. That, this is their. Those M- are M- ad hominem attacks, abuses,
1: uh, logical fallacies. Uh,
0: that's correct. They're they're attacking the person and not the object. Okay, not the subject. And notice last night, and I was so glad it came to me in the middle of that interview, the Voltaire quote. You know. To look who rules over, and to know who rules over, you look to who you cannot criticize. It hit John B. pretty hard, I thought. Yeah, hey. you know. Hey, Roger, is- um, one, one quick question on Abe's letter,
1: because I got knocked out, and when I came back in, I was muted, <laughs> so I, I don't know if I was hurt or not. But uh, he mentions a verbal contract. I would think that it should state, you know, any type of contract, verbal well, or written.
0: Well, the the that contract, the contract, anything. the contract that you entered into is when you answered those two questions, yes, and signed something and gave them your agreement.
1: Right. So it's not verbal. So no. I just didn't know if that was a legal well, that's why sticky that's, point well, or that, not.
0: That's why we're going to tweak it. You know, it's not understood.
1: Verbal. I just chiming in. That's yeah, all. I, ca- I think I you did that. an excellent job.
0: I caught that too. Excellent. Ian. All
1: right. You owe the other to, too, though.
10: I, so He's I want, I want right. to uh, I want to point out something about in Black Law's fourth edition, it states corporations are persons as that word is used in, in the, the 14th first clause
0: Amendment. Of, yep.
10: Yep. So that's something you could stick in the letter, too, if you get one.
0: Yep. That is in Black's Law Dictionary. I don't know if it's in the newer editions, but it's in the old one. This term has specific uh something because it references the first clause of the 14th Amendment. That's right in Black's Law Dictionary.
11: Roger. Yeah. Do you think that they're actually still that this? Well, I guess that this is still in our administrative file. They are not actually pulling that out. Or if we use the passport or card or book, would it still be tied to our change of status? Before, or are they actually untying this change change of status in their electronic records?
0: I. I they should. If they're doing things like that passport office that called wow. Dave in Orlando said, we're, it, it, they're getting so many of these that they're having to go in and have special classes for the, for the employees so that they can process these correctly. Okay. Well,
11: hopefully it's not this Kelly woman that's sending all these letters out, right. and that's their form of correctly <laughs> to well, get us no, all through.
0: No, I th- I, I, my it. feeling has always been that they do stuff correctly internally
11: okay i just i was just wondering what was you know because we've all you've always stated that it's important that it's what's on file but now i'm wondering if they're actually not even accepting what where they're just first of all that might be just a complete buff like what you're saying. the second is is they might not even be putting the letter in or even they might be putting the letter in but then they just disconnect
0: i I, 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 you know this all speculation i got no idea okay Okay. That's why people go back and FOIA their administrative file to see if these documents are in there. You see, that's what counts. It doesn't matter what the passport says. It counts on what's in the possession of the secretary. That comes from that 1835 court case. If, of a high, if, of a, if, what how does it say? If it's a, Uh, of of legal uh, evidence this is a higher and better evidence uh, and it goes into any court and it bypasses the rules of evidence because it's in possession of the secretary
11: right that's what i was thinking that was what popped into my mind when i was thinking in the middle of the night of responses to them of putting that in
0: well, you know, you worried. know, it
11: doesn't matter what you say. This was already submitted. So you can't say that it's not going to be attached to the passport that, or documents I, can't be attached because it's already filed with that, the SS and I, uh, then give them that law.
0: Dear, what's her name? I'm not I have not asked you to attach any any documents to an already processed passport. We attached our documents with the passport per per your instructions in the warning box, as also evidenced by one of the check marks under the oath. I have read and understood the warning box on page so and so of the instructions. That's their exactly. language. I was not thinking mine.
11: that the whole thing is just. The whole thing is just ludicrous. Oh, I guess well, you didn't attach our see, birth certificate. I guess you didn't attach our pictures either.
0: Well, the the deeper we get into this, the more I sense that this is some David Schrader and von Wright students that have generated this. Our people do things correctly, or at least I bend over backwards to try and help you get it done correctly. Okay? So their argument is frivolous on several And you might want to use that word, Abe, in their frivolous, your frivolous position. Something like that. Let's throw that back at them, okay? Because our people attach this per your instructions in the passport application, a public information gathering request requiring an OMB number to, to fit constitutionality, and we follow your instructions. We're not asking you to do something after the fact.
9: No, hey, Roger. Um, Roger, well, sense, now hold I'd on. Like,
8: I'd like to keep it. I'd like to keep it polite, just in, in not you know, know, frivolous is great, is great, but but to the extent that a judge could read this and not be offended or not feel like you were right. being hostile or adversarial, right? You know that 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 works in our favor. You know, we we want to come up as Money like, hey, roll. you know, yep. I well,
0: I agree, and I agree, and honey draws more fi- flies than vinegar. Right. A so fire hose of honey. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's a great that's a great <laughs> mental image isn't it <laughs> right, right? With, with love here's some more love nothing but love for you guys you know
8: and, hey. and then and because what can they do you know that's the opposite of what they're serving so hey,
0: and you could put it at the bottom have you ever considered divorcing yourself from the devil and and being a christian that's <laughs> what we're doing? we're I mean, sharing the love oy vey, oy vey.
8: love you know <laughs> you can, Roger. We'll
0: we'll take it. Okay, Ken's got something to add. Ken?
1: Um, I don't know if this was covered in the letter because um, my mind was reeling, thinking about things, but in this form letter on the second paragraph where they state, please be advised that per the Bureau of Consular Affairs that blah, 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 there's no way to add documents. They never uh, reference that particular um, issue saying that you can't yeah. they just start going through you know a nationals uh, you know, uh, they just go through red herring stuff they don't state the actual location where it says right. that uh, pure, where the consular affairs says that you can't add documents
0: to a passport well we're record. not no, i don't think any of our people are asking them to add any documents we include it with the application that's the way i try and teach you guys right so that's yeah, why I my think, letter
1: see that my letter is regarding a uh my original naked affidavit It's not regarding my passport application
0: correct so, and, and see they never send a letter back on that because they can't they got no grounds for no, anything no i understand
1: though. all that i'm just Saying that they they never identify where it says that you can't do that. That's all. Whether you know we're doing it right or not, they they never say on here where the the code or statute is. It says that you can't do it. They just say that per the Bureau of Consular Affairs, which could right. be some something gas somebody's passing. Well,
0: it's it's no it's I no yield. it's no public. You, you
11: know opinion. you know what just popped into my head. You know what I think what they're doing and why it just makes no sense. I think what they've done is they've crafted just an overall letter that they're trying to reply to five, at least three or four, maybe even more. So they're trying to reply to the original people submitting the thing. They're trying to do it for passports. They're trying to do it for FOIAs. And they're also trying to. Well, there was another one I had in mind. That's why it seems like one paragraph is for one set of people, a second paragraph is for another, and a third is for the another, oh, non-citizen national. So either. if anyone is confused, they want to be a non- – but basically it sounds like what they're doing is this one letter is actually trying to address four different situations. And that's think- why it makes no sense to, to, um, you know, to like Ken or to me or to the FOIA because – we don't know which it's applying to. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that this is probably motivated from Animon Wrights and David Strait students and all the other people that don't really understand what they're teaching. You know, that's that. The deeper we get into this, the more that comes into my mind. Okay. So let let's see. Is there any other new people on here that want to? Cause if you're new, a lot of this is going over your head. Okay. And I'm sorry. You got to go back and, and get the grounding. We can't cover that every show. So, but I would like to address if there's any of those folks on the board out of these hundred, whatever people here with us today that have got any comments or questions about, you know, this is a very complex thing. Okay. And if you come to this new and you don't have the background, you're getting a drink of water out of Abrams fire hose here.
6: Okay. Roger, you do have a new student that put a.
0: Uh, well, don't a do a hand screen. up. Open the mute and just say, "Why we can't?" Yeah, just uh, jump I in. can't see a hundred people's profiles on <laughs> on a portable screen. Okay, so we got limitations. If you want to say something, open your mic and just say, "Hey, Roger," and join the fray.
9: I'm not new, Roger, but no. this is this uh, this LCD the limited uh, LCD. Well, you don't have anything in your in your name. Can you fill me in? some "I, of them I have, you have no have idea anything. what
0: you, I have no idea what you're talking about."
9: Here we go. Li- well, obviously, it means LLC.
0: LLC, a, a limited liability corporation. Is that what
9: you're talking yes, about? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so so well, I don't
0: know. I don't know all the parameters of it. It's just a new hybrid corporation that caught caught started catching about 25 years or so ago i don't know even if all the states have passed an llc law when i was presented with this years ago only about 20 a little over 20 states had had llcs at that point okay so i don't know i can't answer your question it's just another type of corporate structure why But it's called a limited liability corporation. That's what LLC. But you see, that's kind of redundant because a corporation is limited liability by its nature.
9: Correct. And you don't use your name, your own name. You use the name of whatever.
0: Well, if you're doing business in an LLC, it doesn't pertain to you. It pertains to a corporation. You're not a corporation. You're an individual. It's just an entity that people do business in because corporations are there for limited liability. In other words, they sue the corporation. They don't sue the, the, uh, you know, the holder of the corporate bonds or the corporate stock. They can't reach you. They got to go through the corporation. It doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about here, Okay.
9: But isn't that like what they have with uh these bankers that none of the the bankers can be convicted? Of course. Well, no, no.
0: Well it depends on if they're on a corporate board. See, a corporation has the rights and the duties are separated. The corporation has the rights. It's a person. But behind the scenes, the board of directors that direct the corporation have the liability if the law was followed correctly, if whatever the offense was egregious enough, you can't throw a corporation in jail. All you can do is fine it. So if it's an egregious enough situation the in law, they should be able to peer what's called pierce the corporate veil and go grab the board of directors and throw their sorry asses in jail. They're the ones that so look directed at that, the activity look at that of the FTX.
9: corporation. Look at that FTX and that uh uh global, uh MF Global, FTX and MF Global. That right. shit, what, what happened last week?
0: Well, I understand. With FTX, FTX. Yes. MF Global was uh, 15 years ago. Okay, and John Corzine, the head of of uh, MF Global, got personal lawsuits on what he did with his corporation, MF Global, commingled funds. Let's hear from the new student. Yeah, I'd love I'm to. I'm
1: sorry for interrupting. Well, let's go let's. Waheeb, well, you get go us off. You,
0: you get us off on these rabbit trails, okay? Uh, it's an LLC, limited liability corporation. It's just another form of the corporate structure. I can't give you the details. Go do the research, okay? So, is there who who is a new student that's got any kind of comment or question here? This program's really for you. Roger. Yes. Hey, uh, this is Sean again. I had
12: a quick question uh, listening to this. Uh, so the black nobility initiated the Civil War to get their enactments of the 13th and the 14th Amendment in to imprison us. Now it seems like they're starting a new war, a global yeah, war. No, with this great well, you, hold on, hold, move on move hold
0: on, Sean. we got two on it, conversations going that. on. That, some, that, that, are these, I can put a keeper on it, but it won't could, look like could that. You, oh, that's could, a, could you, put, could you okay. put, please hit your mute on on the side conversation? Thank you. Go ahead, Sean.
12: Okay, so the black nobility initiated the Civil War. They got the 13th and 14th Amendments in to begin you know, the voluntary servitude. And as we see now, there's a global crisis ensuing. There's a global war on the brink. And have we thought about whether or not they're actually trying to establish an entirely new system where open tyranny becomes the norm, well, that's exactly and what, we're what going they're. To that, that's in.
0: exactly what they're trying to do, and this why this threatens them because they can't do anything about this, and it takes us out of their jurisdiction.
12: Correct. Now, what? How do we? Uh, well, the thing that makes me nervous is if this war breaks out and then the great reset this antichrist system gets established where does that leave us
0: well it leaves you that now you're they have no jurisdiction over and we all know what the rules of the game are at that point don't we well that's true i mean i if guess they uh, don't recognize ready. this you better go have your ammo box there because you're going to have to fight Ten four. That's the importance of this. We're commanded in the founding documents to redress our grievances when a long course of, of 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 intended suffering becomes insufferable, okay? We're not at the point where suffering becomes insufferable, but we're damn close, okay? When they don't recognize this, we all know what time it is. That's the importance of what we're doing. We're addressing our grievances, we're correcting fraudulent wrongs, and we're challenging them. When you file that paperwork, what you're in essence doing is you're speaking truth to power. It's always been dangerous, the whole history of the world. That's what we're doing. When power doesn't recognize it, we all know what the rules are. Hey, Roger. Yes.
6: This is Lisa from California. I'm Hi, not Lisa. New. No, you're not. Hi. Quick question: Is there any way they can keep people that have not made the change prior to the change of the system, keeping to keep them from being able to do what we're doing?
0: No, the only thing there's no if, if you're not naturalized and you're not a citizen of the United States, that's what keeps people from doing this. That as a fourteen, all persons born or naturalized there's okay. your key there's your key target people we're the ones that can do this other residents etc can't if residents who are legal residents want to do this they need to go through the naturalization process get their civil rights that gives them access to the natural rights and then they make the change okay got you okay. thank got you it? okay yes thank All right. you anybody else
7: Roger, this is Craig. Hey Craig. Bit, oh, hey Craig.
0: From, my buddy from California. Yeah, I'm well, you I got an interesting story for you, but go ahead.
7: Um been
0: here almost a year and the
7: one thing I'm not clear at very precisely on is how when you become a national you no longer are subject to the codes and statutes that are well, promulgated ew, right, and well, how can I explain to a lawyer so uh okay it's so very understand. easy
0: it's very easy what you release yourself from is not the statutes but the regulations they're different remember there's three sets of law books organic state statutes at large the united states code there's your statutes and how they interpret them in the regulatory administrative state where they can reinterpret them and put them out as regulations That's now called public policy. It's public policy because it's man-made laws, the regulatory process, from unelected bureaucrats that you have to adhere to, okay? All of those are only for citizens of the United States and residents. And, in fact, in citizens of the United States and that jurisdictional thing in the administrative state, there's only one title that even mentions citizens of the United States, And that's Title 26, IRS. All the other 49 Code of Federal Regulations, they've got their jurisdictional statement on the first page, too, and their jurisdiction is residence. Now, do you understand why they're doing that, Craig? Because then they throw the net over everybody. Because now everybody that's a citizen of the United States has been asked the question, are you a resident? but there are residents who work here that are not citizens of the United States. In fact, there are nationals that work in the United States that are not citizens of the United States. They're nationals. Who are they? Americans, Samoans, and Swains Islanders that's their complaint when they move to the u.s and work there's a bunch of them in utah evidently the mormons have done a real good job down there okay so a lot of american samoans go to utah that was this most recent case out of salt lake and they run into glass ceilings they can only go so high in civil service if they want to join the military they can't be officers they american Samoas got a representative in congress but they can't vote Okay does, does that help clarify it for you, Craig?-
7: On the federal level, yes, but on okay. the state level Well all slightly...
0: the oh, well, all the real, the same thing uh, like all your traffic laws and stuff are written for residents. See the resident so, is the catch-all phrase because it not only includes citizens, it includes legal residents. If they wrote them for citizens of the United States, it would exclude the legal residents, and they go the opposite way to the legal residents and then include you in there by asking those two questions.
7: I think I understand now. Okay, now, when you wanna,
0: if you want to talk to an attorney about this, you go, go to the Code of Federal Regulations and look at the front page and the jurisdictional statement in every one of those titles. With the exception of Title 26, they're all residents. Now, you know, I should tell you, I got a call yesterday from uh, Chris, who's the guy that got the tickets with speeding and seatbelt, and he went into the little judge, and the judge said, I've read your affidavit. I'll tell you what, if you'll just go down the hall and pay the seatbelt fine, uh, everything will be fine. And he was in a bad mood that day, and he turned down the judge's offer. That was a compromise from the judge. Look, I understand what you're saying. I'm not going to be rocking the boat, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to compromise with you, go down the hall, pay $10, and everything goes away. He refused that. So now he had a court date. He went into court. He was happy, man. Went into court, went over all this stuff in court, and the judge fined him $10 for the traffic seatbelt, and he got out. And he, this time he took it. But there's a judge said, "I read your affidavit. He he got a grasp of what's going on. He offers him a compromise. Chris turns it down. So now they got to go to a formal court setting. And what comes out of the formal court setting? All the other charges were there. Okay, he only charged him ten dollars for the seatbelt violation. This time, Chris took it and ran like a bandit, which he should have done the first time. Unless you just want to be a fighter. If you're a fighter and you want to go in there and really fight them on it, well, you do it, okay? But if they offer you a compromise like that, in my mind, take it and run like a bandit.
11: Roger, I I don't necessarily disagree, but that's a precedent.
0: Well, no, it's not a precedent because no case like that is precedent. It's only persuasive oh remember we've gone over this the only time precedent is set is when it's appellate level or supreme court level district court levels state local court levels are not precedent they're considered persuasive where another judge under the same circumstances can go to that and look at it and maybe figure it into his decision but it's not precedent okay craig craig now i want to finish are are you finished because i got something to tell you
7: I was just going to say, so being that I'm not a resident or citizen of the state either, then the laws aren't written for me. That's That's correct. And see, that's
0: what he could have gone in there. And if he wants to beef up on law and go back on procedure and spend his life putting your life into that to learn it, to go into a damn court setting where the the worst thing that can happen is a $10 fine, but you give your life up to fight it, it's not worth it. I've been there. I know this scene. I've been there personally. Okay. That's how I came to these conclusions.
7: Yeah, I have a story to tell you. I'm going to try to call you for a personal consult coming up in the next couple of weeks or next week. That's fine. And I got a pretty good story for you.
0: Okay. Well, let me tell you what happened to me the other night. Because you sent me those can see drops and I wanted to order some more. But I got to get it brought down here through Miami. So I ordered them. Put the order in, $250 worth of that stuff, okay? And so they shipped it, but they put the wrong address. Instead of 80th Street, they put 60th Street, and it got returned, and so I'm sitting here the other night. The phone rings. I couldn't get to it in time, so I call her back, and it's this nice gal named Leslie at K.C. And she's saying, "Well, we got this returned. It's got all these stamps on it. What, what, what do you want me to do? Should we resend it?" And I said, "Well, before we do that, let's check the address." And so I went in, and we found the error. Okay, and it turns out it's the CEO of the company, Leslie. And she's going, well, I got a bunch of employees out and I'm having to do this stuff. So I get in a conversation with her about this political stuff and she's all over it. And she starts going, well, that's what the birth certificate does. And I said, no, that's what the birth certificate represents. And so we talked for a little bit and, and she said, well, I'll probably be listening tomorrow. <laughs> But it was really cute and funny, and here I am talking with the CEO, and I said, one of my listeners sent me your product, and that's why I'm reordering. But I thought you'd appreciate that.
7: No, and I hope those drops work for you because, like I said, they work really well for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm willing to try anything and throw, you know, everything but the kitchen sink at this. I felt like I got some... Uh, good out of that i told her you know there's two different sets of pills and when you i didn't get any instructions and the things that are on there are too small for me to read so i was taking both sets of pills in the daytime and one of them is to help you sleep and while i was going through that i'd go damn i can't understand why i'm so tired i was taking the sleep drops in the day in the daytime so this time i'll get it right though craig
7: I only took the eye drops. I didn't take the pills because I take a vitamin, and one of the pills seemed to—I didn't feel good taking it, so I just continued with the drops yeah. for about a, a so, year.
0: let's just plug this for the rest of the audience because Leslie's a nice gal, and these seem to be fine products. If you're having any eye challenges, the website is can c a n hyphen the letter c dot com, and they've got a sequence eye drops. You use it. You do put them in, you wait 10 minutes and put them in again, and you do that twice a day and take these pills they suggest. And Craig's had phenomenal success with it. That's why I'm kind of high on it, really, Craig. So thank you. Thank you very no, much. I, you let me know when well, you want to do that. Do they
1: dilate your eyes at all? Do you need to wear no, shades or anything? After? No,
0: not to my knowledge, Ken. I never experienced that. And it's just eye, least, it's a bunch of eye vitamins in liquid form, evidently.
7: Sometimes it stings just a little bit. It's like when you jump into the maybe ocean. Right. And you're not used to the salt. It kind of, it's really light sting, but it's, right. I, I'm used to that.
0: Yeah. But. You know, it, it, you had tremendous success. You told me it stopped you from wearing glasses. So that right there is uh, quite a testimonial. Yeah. Okay, hey, Roger. Yes. Great. Who we got there? We got a couple of minutes left. Let's we'll get something important in here. Hey, Roger. This is Carl in uh, Oklahoma. Hi, Carl. You new? I don't think we've spoken before, have we? We have, briefly. Okay. okay. Um, I've got my affidavit filed, and
11: uh, I have my passport application in good but uh i've been looking at tax information and i found publication 519 which is for yeah well you know they have a definition for u.s nationals
0: i do i know that very well i know what it is a national owes total allegiance to the u.s yes you know what Um, they're doing you understand you understand what they're doing right uh, oh, yeah. And and it's uh, uh, an interesting definition here. It's
11: not that long. Uh, an individual who, although not a U.S. citizen, owes his or her allegiance to the United States is considered a U.S. national. Also, U.S. nationals include American Samoans and North Mariana Islanders who choose to become U.S. nationals instead of U.S. citizens.
0: They can't be U.S. citizens. But that's citizen. all throughout that. They can't be U.S. citizens. They only get one half of it at birth. They've got to naturalize to get that. So remember, IRS is not an official government agency, and they can put that kind of crap in their publications because they don't have to get OMB numbers. It's not a public information gathering request. What that should read is a non-citizen national owes total allegiance to the U.S. And it says it right above that, a national owes total allegiance to a small less state You can't owe allegiance to a small less state and the U.S. federal government at the same time. It's either one or the other.
12: Hmm. Roger, um, I saw something similar.
0: Okay, well, it's all through. Look, these people have gone to great lengths and set this up where they can do that kind of crap to fool it. That This is why our patriot community has never had any success in 30 years, because they're trying to read through that crap to find out what's going on. We know what's going on, and so now you can go through it and see where they're fraudulently fraudulent, putting this forth, forward to confuse you. These are the links they've been looking through th- to hide this, folks.
12: Yeah, we're looking through the codes, the United States codes. I saw a quotation uh, national of the United States, and they owe to- total allegiance to the United States. That's and a, then they had the term national, which is, owes permanent allegiance to a small estate.
0: Correct. And there's the difference. Okay, but they take and mix and match that non citizen. They, You know, they should say in the passport oath, I'm a citizen of the United States or a national or a non-citizen national. They should include all three of them there. They're hiding this. This is how scared of this and how important it is to them that they've gone to these lengths to hide this. But
1: wait a minute. Doesn't that change our affidavit, then, if we're saying U.S. national? Couldn't they... Uh, hijack no. that?
0: No, no, because it's specific. Instead
1: of us just saying national.
0: No, what? Uh, no, I don't think so. Kim. they know what it is in an affidavit. They don't. They're not rebutting any of the affidavits, are they? No. Okay. So the whistler's on oh, in the background, Roger, folks. I, you can't Roger, hear that. I
11: yep. wanted to ask okay. Roger. I wanted to ask a question. Can we just stick that in the response, saying that um, we don't accept? or that they should write their own affidavit to our affidavit. and
0: You could put that in there. If any of these facts are not true and correct, please rebut with an affidavit, rebutting those facts, and be sure and sign it under penalty of perjury, okay?
11: Yeah, that's what I was thinking because all this letter that we've been getting, they could just write whatever, and they're not actually committing themselves um, in affidavit form or that the, or you know the, you know what I'm That's saying. That's right.
0: You could say at the end, if any of these facts are not correct, please rebut my affidavit with one rebutting the facts that are incorrect. And by the way, be sure and sign it under penalty of perjury. Okay. We've never gotten one of these folks.
6: What about um including the fee schedule, Roger? I I wouldn't do,
0: I, I wouldn't do that. But if you want to, go ahead. You know, the problem you got. Why why wouldn't you do that? I wouldn't do it personally because I I just wouldn't. Okay. Because I don't think it's enforceable, Mm -hmm. Nadine. It's just another scare tactic from our side. We don't need scare tactics. We got them by the short hairs. Okay.
12: Yes, sir. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right.